All right, welcome. Surf Chaos Podcast, episode 32. Uh, this episode is sponsored by Minnow Surfboards. Check them out at minnowsurfboards.com or you can find them on Instagram at Minnow Surfboards. Uh, Micah over at Minnow Surfboards, really cool dude, really friendly. Uh, so if, reach out to him if you're looking for a new longboard, retro shape board, uh, all those boards. He does everything from start to finish, does some really cool uh, artwork on it with uh, colors. Um, he could tell you a lot more about it than I can. I just like to write them. They're really fun. So, again, it's minnowsurfboards.com uh, or minnowsurfboards on Instagram. So, today's podcast, uh, a really fun one. A really close friend of mine. Uh, I've known this guy since I was probably 15 years old. So, is that 25 years now? And uh, we grew up in Florida, uh, middle of the state, middle of nowhere. Uh, his name is Uriah. Uh, and his good friend, Mike, um, joined us on the podcast. Uh, I also met Mike uh, a few years ago back in San Francisco, and both of them were out there on a trip. They, um, We got a couple days of surfing in an ocean beach. Uh, you know, I really hit off this guy. Another uh, this really cool dude. Uh, loves surfing probably more than I do. Um, but anyways, yeah, they um, both live in Texas now. Uh, I believe it was Galveston, Texas, and I learned a lot about Texas on this podcast. Um, they actually get more surf than I thought. Um, very windy place, but uh, they'll talk about that along the podcast. It was uh, pretty cool. It was um, sun was just going down there, um, and you can see, I could see, when I was in the podcast. Um, you know, we it was a video chat as well, so I could see. You know, the background, your eyes got a cool place right on the water. I was like, wow, it looks look a lot more tropical than I would have ever imagined. Um, and it was it was yeah, really fun. The only thing I got to say, though, is that the first few minutes of this podcast, uh, the audio wasn't that good. And that was probably my fault. Um, had a poor connection. Um, but we fixed it up about five or six minutes uh, into it. And there's also some really cool intro music I play that was actually Mike's punk band surfer punk band from back in the day um so i figured i'd throw some of his music on there so sit back enjoy it and uh catch you next time i was trying to figure out when that was was that 2013 or 14 uh, i think that was 14 probably like early yeah. 2014 then right i think so it was at an agu conference so that was, yeah i think it was 14 Cool. Where are you guys at now? Uriah's place. <laughs> Where's Uriah's place these days? Uh, we're in Texas, man. Oh, yeah. Uriah lives by me now. You're in Texas? Texas. Yeah, you didn't know, huh? Oh, I, last thing I knew, you were in Australia. Yeah, yeah. I've been around the block a bit here. Yeah, you went from Snapper to uh, Corpus Christi, Texas, Bob Alker. <laughs> Well, I mean, hey, Texas seems like a cool place. I hear a lot of good things. You guys got a good wave pool. We do. Yeah, BSR. Have you been there yet? I haven't been there. A lot of people have gone down here. Um, I'm actually planning to go. Well, I don't know what the COVID thing, but I want to go in September when it comes down a little bit. Sure, it's safe. I mean, as long as it's open, you're outside. It's pretty much a beach, you know. Right, I just don't know what their rules are. I mean, I heard they're running it open pretty consistently, but I don't know if they have any rules. With maybe it's a, maybe it's a good time to go. There's less people there. Well, we got plenty of waves on the beach, so it's not an emergency to get inland, drive a couple hours to surf a man-made wave where it's just pumping all the time here. <laughs> I'm sure it's pumping all the time in Texas. <laughs> Florida, uh, I hate to say it, but <laughs> believe it or not. Yeah, we've uh, we uh, I'm in Southern California now, so I'm not, I'm not in San Francisco anymore. Where are you? What I live in Long, I live in Long Beach. Oh, okay, cool. So we don't really have surf in Long Beach because of a big break wall that stops all the waves. But Huntington Beach is 20 minutes south. Yeah. Manhattan Beach is 20 minutes okay. north, and then you know you just keep going south. You've got you know Newport and Trestles. Yeah, I kind of went to that area, but I started in Ventura. I went up to Santa Barbara. Um, but yeah, the beaches look real nice over there. I like yeah. the vibe in Ventura. That was pretty cool. Ventura's cool. It's got, I mean, it's, it's so much more fun living down here than San Francisco as far as the surf goes. Yeah. You guys went out there with me. I mean, it gets waves in San Francisco. It's just, it's just fucking cold. 
Yeah. And it was, you know, it was brutal after, you know, right now I can go without a wetsuit. Water's like 72, 73, you know, it's warm outside. So it's a lot, a lot more, a lot more approachable. And then last weekend we had like, you know, it was pumping. Yeah. Four to six feet like every day. Yeah, I saw like trestles on July 4th on video. I was watching the other night. It was pumping. It looked yeah, well, I don't, I don't even, I don't even bother with that. That is just like. Yeah, I mean the crowd. It just, I know y'all getting a lot of waves out there. Yeah, I mean it's you know there's a hundred guys out there, so. But yeah, I have a good buddy that lived in uh, Manhattan Beach. Well, I just moved to Huntington, but we used to go. I'd go visit him. We go to El, El Potro or El Porto. El Porto. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love that spot. A, I, I like. Yeah, I work in Manhattan Beach. That's a cool place. Uh, yeah. So I actually had to surf there on Wednesday by the pier. Nice. So, got um, so I've got two girls now. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, because I guess you had just uh, got engaged or something whenever I was visiting, or was we like, just I we just we just, just married. married. Yeah, and then um, so my oldest daughter's five. And uh, took her out on the surfboard on Manhattan Beach on Wednesday, pushed her in a few waves. Sweet. Yeah. And then the other daughter is like six months old, so she's a she's a little too young. Wow. Yeah, because I remember I was checking up on you a while back, and you were doing like a um, as being a dad podcast, and then you switched over to surfing, huh? Yeah, I, I'm more passionate about surfing, you know, a little more more, about it, more fun. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm passionate about being a dad, but you know, I just it's just kind of like, all right, there's only so much I can talk about. I could talk about surfing till I turn blue in the face. It's like <laughs> even more. Uh, yeah, five minutes on the kids, but give me surfing. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll be here all day. <laughs> right? So yeah, everybody's got a story to tell about. Uh, you know, their surfing adventures, their roots, how they started, what what other what happened in their last session. And especially, nice with, you always have a couple of memorable, memorable waves from like the best wave that you caught from the previous session, and they just keep covering each other up. Um, but a couple always stand out, you know. Yeah, like the best wave you ever had. Where Where do you think that would be for you, Joe? Um, I'd I'd break it down to a couple. Actually, I'll give it three. It's hard to break on one. P Pavones, okay. I caught Pavones firing. But I was a lot younger. I was only 18. I've been surfing for a few years. So it was just mind-blowing to catch a wave that was that long and that perfect. And then um, VLAN in Hawaii, North Shore. Still in my best barrels. And then I'd say Desert Point in uh, Indonesia. So, but that's, that was, that's been a while since I'd say I've had my best wave, though. I did surf Malibu recently. That was pretty fun, too. Nice. And what about you? Uh, yesterday, man, I got this sweet cutback. Uh, we had like some. Uh, <laughs> 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 some waist high, uh, it was actually waist high in Texas. That's pretty big, huh? Well, it's funny, wow. man. You like you, uh, <laughs> you would get a you'd be pleasantly surprised, or it exceeds your expectations more often than not. Okay. I'd say a couple times a week we get like actually rideable waves um a couple way way more than like you would like in sarasota or like the gulf of florida exactly oh, yeah because yeah. um uh mike told me and he said right here that uh corpus christi's windier than chicago yeah i'm in the highest average wind speed of the city over a hundred thousand so don't quote me on this <laughs> you know so it could have been hearsay but uh we got really strong onshore flow here. In fact, Surfline did a comparison between us and Virginia Beach, and well, South Padre, which is the island south of us, and we had more consistent waves than Virginia Beach. We like killed them. They had longer periods, of course, on occasion, because they, you know, the ceiling's higher. But in terms of number of surf days, you know, my family lives in Fernandina Beach, Florida, above Jacksonville, on a podcast. I mean, you surf more here than there. Honestly. Wow, that's that's fantastic. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, this part of Texas, you go to Houston and Galveston, it's horrible. I mean, I'll probably quit and, you know, I don't know what I'll do up there, but I mean, they do surf, but it's a night and day difference between that north part of the coast of um, Texas and you hit what's called the southern coast of Texas or coastal bend. Shelf drops off and we have a lot of wind, but like windsurfers come here from all over the world. Like this is considered like, you know, North Shore for windsurfers. Really? Kite surfers, yeah, they're, I mean, all over the world come here. It's one of the 
top ten plays with the wind here because it's been so windy all the time. What what creates the wind there? Like why is why is it so windy there? What's what's special about it? Uh, I'd say it seems to turn north. So you have the trade winds coming across the Caribbean, uh, but then there's a lot of mountain ranges, uh, you know, in Central America. But yeah, you get like we could get a little bit into the spots, the local spots. We got a pier, the seawall, and a jetty. Uh, okay. The jetty's got you know obviously two sides, so you can find protected protected waves. Um, but recently, it's been a lot softer, but just packed with longboarders and like people that are looking for an easy paddle out, you know, sort of uh, clean wave. Um, but we're, we've been going over to the pier, Bob Hall Pier, and it's a lot dumpier and um, a lot choppier. Sometimes you got to fight it uh, in terms of the current, but there's usually a, a nice rip right next to the pier. So like, even if it's real dumpy, you can sort of just hang in the, in the current there and then ride waves off the edge of it and then just kind of do this carousel around and around. You guys are kind of, you know, convincing me to go check out Texas a little bit more. Oh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'll do that. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's like Jacksonville probably. But, yeah, it's uh, – so I grew up surfing here kind of. Well, I went to undergraduate and moved off to Florida where I met you, Ryan, and I lived in North Carolina and then ended up taking a job back here at a university. But, uh, um, you know, it's like a commitment to surfing. I mean, it, with that wind, I mean, the paddle outs here are brutal. That's the one thing. Really? You know, are ripping. We have a yeah, we have a, a lot of drownings out here, believe it or not, um, because it's just so like people don't you know they come here they're not used to the beach. They're coming from all over Texas, and it's rough. I mean, the currents are raging from all that wind. So that wind's kind of a curse. I mean, without it, we don't have waves. The challenge, as your ass says, is just getting clean days is hard to come by. But and what's you know, uh, what's the water temperature like? Mostly, like, is it kind of like Florida right now? Like pretty hot. Pretty much. We had a bit of an upwelling uh, last couple of days, so it's been almost probably low 70s, 75. Maybe that's pushing a little bit, but it's just been awesome because it's really, really hot. Yeah. So that's like uh, the last good. few days. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe um, it's too hot here in the summer, so, you know, like the temperature, but relaxes, you know, so it's like, it's ridiculous. But Jesus. Then the water temperature comes, I mean, sorry, the water clarity comes off and on the last uh, week or so. It's been pretty turbid and we had a bit of a seaweed problem for a little while, but sometimes that nice tropical water comes in and uh, it's really good offshore fishing. Like you, it's kind of like the west coast of Florida. It's real kind of often muddy and murky neck near shore, but you get out five or 10 miles and all of a sudden you're like in this tropical blue water. That's cool. Wow. Yeah, I, I've never been to Texas, you know, but I, more and more I hear about it. I, I have a draw to go check the place out. It's, it's, yeah, it's cool. Um, I mean, one of the nice things where we're at is there's the National Seashore, which is like, um, how many miles is it? Yeah, it's the longest stretch of undeveloped Beer Island, I believe, in the world, even, actually, where we live. It's uh, 77 miles of... So our very island is the National Seashore, and well, the National Seashore itself, I think, is like 67 miles or so, just straight four-wheel drive all the way to what's called Fort Mansfield. And then there's an inlet on the other side of South Padre Island. Um, it's completely undeveloped, protected. The only way you get down there is four-wheel driving. It's actually considered the best wave in Texas. Sometimes. I've heard of that before, yeah. I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah. But it's... um. It's pretty unique in terms of being, it's kind of like, you know, Outer Banks, minus the wave quality was very, but it's very, you know, protected, isolated stretch of seashore, which is kind of cool. Sounds pretty fun. You know, kind of unique. Yeah, it's cool. So you're right. Well, I mean, the thing is here, you know, there's, there's so much to explore, but it's just so crowded everywhere you go. Like, if you can find somewhere that doesn't have crowds, you kind of want to just, like, stick to that and just enjoy it. But, yeah, I get the good thing here, though, I noticed when it gets big, it thins the crowd out a lot. And it, I mean, you get over six feet here, eight feet, you got a lot less guys in the water. You know, but those three to four foot days. What's that? Just getting washed through by the cleanup sets, huh? Yeah, a lot of guys just don't – like wintertime for sure because it gets colder. You know, you have less – you know, you got less guys in the water or girls, whatever. 
And then once it gets a little bigger, it definitely, you know, you get some sweeping currents and yeah. I just, you know, you have less, you know, less experienced people in the water too. So, it, you know, you can definitely, in the wintertime is when the surf's really pumping here, offshore winds most of the time, bigger swells. Um, but the summer's fun. Like they can surf without a wetsuit or a spring suit. And, you know, it's a lot of, you know, it's not too big ever. It's just a lot of fun waves. Take a longboard out or you fish. So, um, you know, it's, you got both. But I, can, I think in the summer, I'm always trying to find somewhere that's um, less crowded. I'll take the, you know, less quality over the crowds well then uh, yeah if you come here <laughs> that's why that's why you guys are talking up like it sounds all right i'm like you know warm water and just like you know two foot slop on a fish sounds pretty fun yeah we had uh <clears throat> there's a couple of good real good days where it rained overnight and then the winds were calm and we had i think it was probably four or five feet on the buoy, maybe seven seconds. Uh, so the, you got basically like chest to head high, clean waves. That's probably happened about three times since I've been here in like two months. And then I was about to say, we had one tropical storm go through the Gulf. And that was like steady, head high, and clean offshore all day. It was a little bit funky. Uh, these guys went down to South Padre and scored a little bit better. Um, but... <clears throat> funny like in terms of the crowds people come out of the woodworks dude like you know <clears throat> who knows when the last time that they serve i know it's like clean and big it's like you ride in a slow-mo turn <laughs> You're envious because you went somewhere else. <laughs> That's funny because remember, it was us three actually. I think it was uh, Johnny Freeze. You had him on one of your blogs already. Oh, yeah. You did some video and uh, it was like down by Matanzas. Oh, yeah, Matanzas. Oh, and yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. That was like the only surf video that I ever made, but it was us three. So we're back, dude, like 10 years yeah. later. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> hey, on one second. I'm going to switch my internet connection to a different. um speeds it's really 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 crackly so if i lose you i'll come right back are you there yeah yeah <clears throat> yeah you're breaking up a little bit yeah i think it's um i have two um wi-fi you're stealing you're stealing wi-fi huh? <laughs> no no i'm not i'm like in the back of a back of my house where there's like a little less but it, for some reason i have like i don't know how it works it's, I have, when i get set up with two two different wi-fi connections and so but yeah um as i was gonna say is i i mean growing up in florida like you know it was the same thing when the hurricanes would come they would just guys come out of nowhere like these salty you know dudes like wait I've never seen you before. Yeah. It was just like everybody was showing up to surf. Well, yeah, it was funny too because like uh, we were surfing up up until the, the storm. It actually was off uh, the Yucatan a little bit and then it went back over land and then it finally ejected to the north up towards New Orleans. So we had like this first pulse that was a bit fun and then it kind of died down and then it hit for the weekend. Um, but the, the first pulse, it was nice clear water. And then it sort of started to get murky uh, as the swell started to fill in the second time. And then all these dudes started showing up from Galveston. And I was sitting in the lineup and they were like, wow, look how clear the water is. <laughs> so that's like up in North Texas and it's just like chocolate soup all the time. Gotcha, okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking about this just uh, yesterday because I was first talking to you. I was kind of like, "Oh, what are we gonna talk about?" And uh, I was just thinking how you know how random it is how we grew up in the middle of Florida, not near any beach, but yet still ended up like you know finding a true passion for surfing and like being kind of dedicated to it. Whereas you know the few other guys we know we grew up with kind of didn't do that, but um. 
Yeah, well, that's uh, that's because we were kind of brainstorming some fun topics to talk about. So I don't really have a list. So we'll just sort of, uh, uh, it's easy to be real sporadic and all over the place. So I don't know how, how focused you want to be here. <laughs> no, I like being sporadic. I just, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of how I roll. But in terms of the beginning, like you mentioned already, your best way, one of your top three was in Tabones. And uh, I think you guys kind of paved the way for me because like essentially, I don't know exactly how many people went. You guys took the trip to Costa Rica. Well, there's five of us at first. It was me, John, Matt, I was good, Adam, and then uh, Nathan, but he didn't surf, Nathan. Yeah, and then like for the next year, that's all I heard about was how cool <laughs> Sure. All the shit that happened. So oh, yeah, like, that, was, that was a wild trip too. Dude, I got to go. And then it was like 2004, me and my mate Jay went for the first time. And I okay. think since then I've been like seven times. Just like We went in 98, and I think back like just how – different uh, okay. things i mean we didn't have so we didn't have anything there was i had no idea what was there you know i didn't have the internet like, um Pernella, like in santa Teresa, was a shack when we went there the first time and then you go back now and there's like french coffee shops and shit next door it's like yeah full on developed you know yeah you go what's funny because then like you got mike who's like a completely different crew not not really with the with we didn't know him back then but they kind of had a similar uh surf history in terms of uh, you guys have been there, Costa Rica and stuff, right? Yeah, many times. Well, I mean, what we used to do here was go to the border and hop the buses to the west coast of Mexico. We'd go to Laredo and catch it, maybe from there to Monterey, Monterey to uh, Guadalajara. On the way. Sacramento, and then you'd be like La Tigua, the Squallies. I mean, we would spend like months down there. That's what you did. So that's how we learned how to get like good ways. Texas surfers, a lot different, you know, obviously these are just like the late 90s and mid 90s. So, um, you know, now is a different story. Um, I probably want to do that now. Um, some yeah, right. do. But back then, yeah, we just hopped the buses and catch them on our boards. That's <laughs> quite a journey, though, from there all the way down the, that far south of Mexico. Yeah, well, you know, we could be in Mazatlan. It was about a 13 to 15 hour bus. Or it wasn't that bad in Mazatlan, believe it or not. And then, you know, obviously, if you go down deeper, yeah, it was a longer, longer trip. But a lot of guys would drive. Um, we always took the buses, but. You know, we were in world-class waves, and back then, like at least at Tikla, there was just one light bulb. I mean, literally, that was it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you can tell you to grab it and electrocute you, shock you. And well, that was like the hands, there was nothing, and we would hitchhike out of there and throw boards in the back of his car. So like, no, that's I mean, it was really paradise. Sounds like Mont Paula. Um, you know, it's changed now. I've been down there. I go to Costa Rica other places now. But man, those are the days. And uh, speaking of growing up, like inland, I grew up like Dallas. So I had a couple of guys. I picked up surfing because my parents had taken us to California this summer. My little brother and I were, like saw people surfing in like San Clemente. Went and camped out at the state park we were kids. I was like, man, I want to do that. <laughs> so we got into it and so like we're in landmarks and some kid from some guy from Florida, California to my high school. So we would drive to Galveston. Speaking of Galveston, we drive for like five hours. When we had licenses and we saw a storm coming just to go surf, you know, crappy Galveston waves. Oh, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, once I got out of high school, like, I'm going to college by the beach where I can surf, and uh, yeah, that's all that happened. Well, I, mean, I would call the, uh, the surf report on the phone. That was the only way you knew about it. <laughs> oh, and, I, yeah. and if they said two feet, I was there. I was like, two feet, that's enough. I'm going. That's all I need to hear, two feet. Those are the days, yeah, you didn't have any camera. You know, you just show up, and you're like, yeah, or you're, or you're not stoked. You know? And you really kind of had to, like, explore a little bit to find, like, you know, the, the good beach breaks. Like, we definitely, I mean – you know, from Jacksonville down to, you know, Ponce Inlet, that was like our kind of route, you know, definitely hitting up all the piers and, yeah. you know, inlets there. Yeah. Well, yeah, dude, it's, I think here in Texas, this is the closest that I've ever consistently lived at the beach and been able to surf. Like I've, uh, I was living in Brisbane when I was in Australia. So that was like an hour, hour 15 to the Gold Coast and we could go up to the sunny coast. Um, a couple yeah. times headed to the mid uh, mid New South Wales coast, and that's real cool because it's less less. Well, I less love that people, area. Less crowded. It's more raw. Yeah. But yeah, that was great. A couple. Uh, our mate Sonny, you know Sonny, he lives. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he okay. lives at Kira, and I uh, would go stay at his place. So I'd get a couple of days, and and uh, he's got some wild kids, and it was super fun. I'd be like <laughs> Uncle Raya, 
and we would like put in our time watching the kids so we could like bail and let his wife watch the kids for a while we could go surf yeah yeah um but yeah a few times kira just turned on dude it was like uh, pain over there it's it's fun well, that was you know the advantage of living that close to it because like, i lived down in sydney and it was like you know it was a good two-day drive to get up get up there so like really to like catch it good it just i never caught it that good you know but i caught I'd say, you know, a few hours like Newcastle up in Seal Rocks, you know, those areas, you know, really good. Cause it wasn't, you know, it was four hour, two, two to four hours I was there. Or in, in Sydney, just had so many good waves too. I mean, you saw my place in DY. I was right on the water. Yeah. Yeah. I was staying at Manly for a couple of weeks and I made my way all the way up to DY. And then uh, you let me borrow your car. Like never have driven on the other side. Oh, that's right. I totally forgot. Like, yeah. Here's the keys. <laughs> <laughs> Go, sir. Yeah. That's right. I mean, I had that apartment right on the beach, and I surfed there almost every day. And it was great to like this. I'd wake up in the morning, I'd get a coffee, surf, because we a little cafe down the road. I'd walk back up, get the wetsuit on, paddle out. Yeah, surf, get your surf. flat white, and then get your Thai food at night. I mean, you kind of turned me on to Thai food, dude. I remember. Uh, That's right. Getting takeout. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> yeah, we did that, and they did some Indian food too at that place. Yeah. And um, but yeah, I definitely I miss that lifestyle there. It was great. It was just. I mean, living right on the beach to be able to surf like, you know, two or three times a day is awesome. And that's what I miss about Hawaii too. Is this like uh, too expensive in Long Beach to uh, where you're at now? It's just crazy expensive if you want a place right next to the beach. Yeah. So like we, we actually bought a house in Long Beach, which is probably the last place coastal California that we could actually afford. And um, we're probably, uh, we're only like five minutes from the beach. But there's no surf, like I said, Long Beach. They, 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 back in the 40s, they put up a big break wall so the Navy could bring the ships in. Long Beach yeah, used to have this. Los Angeles? What's that? Is it the port of Los Angeles? Yeah, it's right next to us, yeah. So the port's yeah. down more San Pedro, and then there's the LA River that comes out. And then you have, cause Long Beach is kind of a bay, but there used to be a really good wave that came in there. If you go look at the history, you can look at pictures of this, like, reeling right-handed you know, beach break that came in. And then, yeah, the Navy put up a, um, a big break wall to just so they could bring the Navy ships in during World War II and they never, never took it down. And to this day, they, they you know, there's, there's been talk about we should bring the, take the break wall down, you know, bring the surf back. And I think it's a break water. Just to <laughs> break whatever, man. <laughs> they could break it to wall though. You got seawall, breakwater. No, I'm just kidding. Breakwater. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anybody listening to this, uh, you know, Uriah's, you know, he's he's probably he's probably right. Um, <laughs> but so there's a big breakwater out there, and yeah, it just stops the surf. There's no surf that gets in. Yeah. So um, talking about surf science, a pretty big development has happened over the past uh, couple of days. I don't know if anybody's noticed, but the entire uh, national data buoy center where we look at the, the buoys you know surfers really rely on these to um decide if we're going to go surfing or not but the whole network went down supposedly because of an it issue so they were doing some quote-unquote uh upgrades and then the whole fucking thing went offline <laughs> well i mean maybe that's why it looks like the surf forecast a few days out is not showing very much either i mean i don't know if there is no surf but it's also showing kind of one or two feet just like the next 10 yeah, days. Yeah, there's just a bunch of question marks. I mean, it's like, yeah, we rely on technology a bunch, but then when it breaks, they're like, well, uh, but I guess you still got the surf cams. And then there's the, uh, if you look on the map, there's like the blue dots and the yellow dots. The yellow dots are from the scripts buoys, and those okay. are still going. Okay. So it's just not 100, you know, we might be getting what, like, you know, 50% accuracy as opposed to no, there was just like it wasn't transmitting so for some reason the winds were coming through but the waves there was like just a couple of readings every uh each day usually it updates every half hour or every hour yeah um okay. and then like for you guys it's quite nice because you could see waves coming from like a week away totally yeah and it's pretty a accurate lot of too. waves come from the southern pacific where you know you knew there was a storm you knew it was ripping the winds were ripping and really turned up some waves you know the direction so it's a lot more predictable here we're like well it's gotten windy so now there's waves it's not like they have to travel very far <laughs> yeah 
So how far like from the beach are you now? Um, I get to the pop hall within five minutes. Oh, so you're super close. Yeah, yeah, Mike's even closer. I mean, it looks pretty but, tropical outside of your place. I mean, I see palm trees and... Yeah, it's a yeah. canal, so they got a bunch of these, like, uh, boat slips and stuff. Oh, um, uh, yeah. So it's, a, it's an artificial man-made canal. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so I go up fishing and barbecuing on the back deck. and That's uh, awesome. It's living the dream, man. I, that looks great. <laughs> you live it on the water. It's subtropical. We're uh, zone 10A, technically. But it's where <laughs> it's rough for growing vegetation. It's real okay. flat, and there's uh, not many trees. There's lots yeah. of palm trees and stuff, but it's not uh, It's not Florida. Definitely not Florida. We don't need the rain. It's not a desert, but we get about 30 inches a year down here, but that makes a huge difference. As you go up towards Houston, then you can start looking like Florida, yeah. Okay. And all that, but like down here, it's it's approaching you know the west. I mean, you're getting towards deserty climate, so we're like in that transition zone. Um, we have to refer to you. I think when you first came in, right, you're right, you're like, where's all the trees? You got like a <laughs> that's crazy. That's stuff. crazy. Like, oh, it's not up. Well, that's kind of like uh, where we're at here. You know, in LA, it's like you know, it's 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 part desert, subtropical. It's you know, we don't have a lot yeah. of you know, there's, there's palm trees they planted, but there really isn't a lot of trees around too. You know, you can tell there's eucalyptus that were brought in from Australia that aren't right. native, and then, and then as soon as you get the mountains, it's kind of brushy. What's that? Oh, I was just messing around. I said, you're missing the koalas. Oh, I know. All that they eat is the eucalyptus leaves, supposedly. You know, I never saw a koala, in the, I think I saw one koala in the wild the three years I was there. Oh. Yeah, the main thing I would see was the wallabies. Oh, yeah, there were many uh, kangaroos, but the wallabies were sweet, and it's just weird seeing stuff hop around rather than run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I did see a lot of kangaroos, and I saw uh, wombats a couple times too. Yeah, that's like you would call somebody a wombat if you didn't like them too. <laughs> that's right. How long were you there for? Uh, four years, all up. Wow, that's a good little run. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool, man. Living on the river too. I was just uh, just probably a couple hundred meters away from the Brisbane River uh, in the suburb of West End, which was a pretty nice little uh, kind of trendy place. And it was across the uh, across the river from the city, um, and real near. They had, I guess, you don't know any of these places, but there's a. I never places. spent time in Brisbane, no. Um, yeah, it was cool, man. I really liked it. A lot of a lot of friendly people, and we had a strong uh, coastal group over there. So they were kind of doing the traditional coastal engineering and uh, a couple of legends that I got to work with. All right. And that's what you're doing now? So some coastal engineering or? Well, I've made the transition from uh, academia to industry. So okay. now I'm doing like consulting stuff, um, which is more applied. So I'm enjoying that aspect of it. Um, but there's a bit more bureaucracy in terms of the uh, what you can and can't do. They give me a little bit more freedom, I suppose, in terms of like, what software you can use and um, various things like that. In academia, it's a little more you choose your own adventure. And then in industry, sometimes like this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. And you get a little bit of creative control, but it's, uh, it's good because they're like, uh, it's a lot of times the software that you use in industry costs money. Whereas in uh, academia, you got to use free stuff and figure it out your own. <laughs> okay. Oh, so what about where are you, Mike? What uh, where where was the best place you surfed? Uh, best place I surfed. Um, well, you know, speaking of Mazatlan, which isn't really known for great waves, we happened to catch. Yeah, I must have been ninety-eight or ninety-nine. Um, I took my little brother, and he really just started surfing. Um, but we caught this huge hurricane swell. It was like maxed out. So we took this, this me and uh, my buddy Victor, my brother and his friend, we took this, and we met some guy from California that was in, and my sister had a timeshare at Mazatlan, so we, we took the buses and went to the timeshare, and uh, he was huge. Like, that was actually one of the few times I thought I was going to die, too. We paddled out a break. I think it was called Cannons. It was an old board, <laughs> and I paddled out on, like, a 6-2 board, and it was, I don't know, I mean, you know, who knows what it was, but it was, like, 10, 15 feet to us. Not Hawaiian, but you know our our version. And I got the breath <laughs> technology. 
first wave, we had a paddle like across this bay to get in. So our first introduction like this is nuts. It was so so it was maxed out and just huge, right? And there's some outer response breaking was crazy. We we're just kind of freaked out because that was our first time in Mazatlan, and you always hear about you know Mazatlan doesn't really get that great as here. I mean, once in a while. So anyway, the next day we took a, a ferry across the uh, the harbor to this other basically across the inlet of Mazatlan, the Port of Mazatlan, or forget what it's called. We took it across to a place called Stone Island, and there's this big uh, headwater, like a big rock that sticks up on the inlet. And we saw this wave break, and we hiked out to this point, and um, it was like it was perfection. And we were out, we surfed, I think, through eight hours straight, and it was just us, and it was this machine wave, and we just happened to get lucky, and. Um, that was probably one of the best way, just, just kind of a freak occurrence where we went and we saw it and we just hiked to this point. And then we did some research on it a little bit later and we talked to some locals and like, oh man, you know, catching that place like good is, you know, really rare and hard to do and all this stuff. But it was uh, that to this day, it's probably, it was, it was all right too, and I'm a 50 footer. Um, but it was, it was a machine, it was just insane. It was a machine way that day. And like, you know, at first we were a little nervous because the brakes right in front of this big, huge rock. And by the end of the day, we're just taking off right in front of it. It was perfect. I mean, every time it was this barrel that would go. Oh my God. Filled on this long point. It was just us and this California dude we met. We're just out there all day like in paradise. And it was, it was, it was sick. So that's probably one of the most memorable sessions just because it was unexpected. Um, that that sounds amazing. Yeah. And how old was, was that? Oh, that's like 98, 99. That was like way back. So okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, um, then I went to Raglan once, and I'm a goofy footer, and happened to catch it firing. And so, you know, long left like that was also for me pretty, pretty oh, yeah. insane. Just kind of fell in love with that wave. Um, there was New Zealand, yeah. Yeah, one way there is like my whole year here, just that one way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, cumulatively adding it up, the time on that wave, and I, got, I mean, that's one of the few times you know, your legs are burning when you kick out and go into that bay. I think we served mining bay. Um, Main, the main break, but it was, I mean, that place, I, I love that wave. So for Goofy Footers, paradise. You got a pretty good one. Um, so this probably wasn't the best actual surf conditions, but just the experience was real cool. So like right when the lockdown started, uh, Florida shut the beaches. And by the way, here they opened, or they let surfing remain throughout as a form of exercise, which I thought was pretty cool. They just kind of tried to reduce crowds. But St. Augustine was shut down and like I saw a nice swell coming. So went out and uh, picked up my mate and we went and anchored off Anastasia Island kind of by blowhole. Okay. Took the boat and paddled in and it was just super fun waves for like three or four hours, probably like chest ahead, real glassy. And it was it was real it was real cool because sometimes in St. Augustine you get a problem with long period swells closing out, mm -hmm. but there was a lot of shoals offshore there that sort of makes it crisscross a little bit and peak up a little bit more. And uh, there was probably about fifteen other boats doing the exact oh, same. No way! Thing. I thought you guys would be the only people out there. Well, wow. no, it was like Gabe Kling and his mates were down the beach, and like it was cool, man. It was like felt kind of like. Maybe uh, we're pretty damn lucky to be able to be doing that. Cause not everybody had a boat. Not everybody uh, yeah. was ready to like you know trick the system. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I surfed. Uh, I only, I only surfed out one time when the beaches were closed. Right. Um, they they kind of let it open for surfing um, in Orange County, but like the state parks, there was no parking, and it's this big stretch of area where you can't get to. So my buddy dropped me off with the boards. I, I run in, he parked like two miles away and then came back on his bike. And we caught it like four feet, just super clean with like maybe just like two other guys out. That was like the only experience I got of like, you know, empty surf during the whole, you know, COVID thing. And then we surfed uh, trestles the week later and the parking lot was still closed, but it was still pretty crowded. But like a lot of the guys, I mean, I could tell it wasn't as busy as it would have been because yeah. everybody was still kind of like, all right, we're staying home, doing you know the right thing, and I mean now shit's crazy again, especially there in Texas. And yeah, here, I mean, here yeah. too. Yeah, they closed the beaches over, or they closed driving on the beach because here you can just straight up take your car. And well, like in Florida, though. yeah, 
He can fucking light a fire in the middle of the day on the beach. And nobody no, 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 yeah, Texas sounds great, dude. Texas yeah, sounds awesome. Uh, yeah, it's full on Mad Max out here. It's, uh, but they temporarily shut that down for 4th of July. <laughs> well, yeah, they closed the beaches here 4th of July. Well, in L.A. County, Orange County. You know, they do their own stuff there. We put it on Easter here, and we had fire noise in uh, our standards. But it was actually really near I missed it. And um, actually, last year was the best I've ever seen it here. That's another memorable session. And swear to God, I served eight hours. I didn't come in. I served eight hours straight, which I've never done in Texas. Um, it was just one day here that was it was insane. I've never seen it this good. I don't know how it happened. It wasn't the right time of year to really have it happen. It was in spring, which is pumping. But anyway, we had a similar session uh, this year at Easter, and they had it shut down. And they let us go surf, which is really cool. But it was neat because we're at the pier and it's completely empty. Normally, there's cars, it's packed, and it's just these pumping waves, just surfers, nobody on the beach. You know, that was pretty sick. That's nice. Yeah. So, do you guys, uh, you follow like the WSL at all, like the pro surfing? Yeah, but it's not really happening. At the well, that's, well, that's, why, well, that's why I'm bringing it up. I mean, that's what I, that's why I'm bringing it up. It's like I don't, you know, I'm not sure if you guys are, you know, big fans of it. You know, absolutely big fans and watch yeah. a lot of Yeah. So um it's like anything. I mean like what what's your football, watching golf, yeah. watching basketball. I mean if, especially if you play the sport, it's that much more entertaining. For sure. So what do you think is gonna happen come next year? I think this year is a write off. I don't think they should even try start trying to finish it or try to connect the two years together. I think this is like twenty twenty done. Let's see where we're at 2021 and maybe start it up again. Yeah, well, I think that's foolish. I think they need to get on it because, like, golf's doing it. Maybe they don't have the fans, but it's not a contact sport. Well, uh, logistically. It's a travel thing. It's travel, a travel thing is the, yeah. the main thing. Because if you have points and all that other crap and everybody's not included, then, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's a little that's, bit of a situation. Because the U.S. is pretty much banned from traveling anywhere now. Right. Yeah, Brazilians can't come here. Yeah, we're the new China, apparently. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, those are your two big, uh, you know, groups of surfers, yeah. Brazilians and well, Aussies, too, but no one's going to Australia. We have a different format. It's, okay, we don't have this, like, inclusive, uh, only the WSL with the top dudes, but just have more local contests. That's and not a bad idea. A different point and system, maybe. It's the American League, dude. I mean, if you guys can't make it, then... It's not going to be for the WSL world title, but just like anything, if if, if you don't bring it, somebody else will. Kind of like right? a uh, kind of like a baseball or like you know other sports, football. You have like local team, you know, teams playing each other, and then uh, later those guys start eventually surfing against each other. Maybe when things can open back up. But I suppose it's the prize money because anybody could do it, but not everybody can offer prize money, and that's kind of the incentive and the coverage. Well, what are the names, right? I mean, I'm not going to be that interested in it. I mean, maybe I'll be interested in, like, yeah, you watch videos of me surfing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, that's because I'm, I'm laughing at it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, well, you know, you think, like, social distancing, it would be easy to social distance a two-man heat, like, right? I mean, but then, yeah, I think you're out of spot on about the traveling is the issue. you got people from all over the world that Brazil, you know, Australia, so to get people to a contest, like you could say, well, let's go to Fiji or, or wherever, you know, somewhere super remote. But yeah, the traveling aspect of it. Um, I mean, local contests would be cool, but you know, I want to watch to see the big names battle each other. I mean, WSL, I feel like they're broke right now. They got no money. Which is what, they're down to three guys running the show right now. But I was thinking if they had some kind of like private plane, they all could get tested before they flew. You know, yeah, self quarantine to a place like they could take them on for two weeks and just let them sit in the hotel. And yeah, for two weeks, or just do Yeah, if you have them get tested before they get on the plane and then yeah. do it. Yeah, I think that's well, what we well, have I mean, I guess I'm a little bit biased, but there's always been dudes that were like, screw the circuit, you know, that ripped just as hard as the guys that were on tour. Natives were over it because you'd go like travel across the world, and then if you lose on the first heat just because some judge didn't like you or something, maybe you know two in a row, then you're done, and you basically spent a whole month to surf like for an hour. Yeah. Um, and sometimes just went and did videos and scored good waves the whole time. And I'm sure you know you surf outside of the contest, but 
like being in Kira or Snapper, there's so the talent is through the roof, and I'm sure you oh, see yeah. it over there too. Um, that's what I'm saying. Like you can just hold more. Uh, well, vlogging is big now. I mean, a lot of guys are really vlogging now. I mean, they're really. Yeah, you know, vlogging, tracer, and clips. I mean, they could have a clip contest with all the pros. You know, who's got the best clip and vote and let WSL fans vote on it. Because yeah. I mean, there is, there is entertainment, but it's just that the whole the, – the system of watching a surf contest is not going to happen right now. I mean, there is yeah. talk about – maybe... like, There's a lot of periods, like, where it's just, like, us sitting here talking right now, where it's, like, there's only, like, a couple of good sets that come through the whole heat, and they got to try to fill in. Like the action, like oftentimes you just watch the replays and have those little buttons at the bottom. I mean, it's cool when it's like intense and the matchups like significant. Yeah. And you know the swell throughout the day, how it's been changing and how the sets have been coming in to watch live can be entertaining. But then they're always like cutting the camera angle too often and you don't even get that perspective. So sometimes it's kind of uh, frustrating. Well, did, you listen, did you listen to my last podcast with uh, Joe DeMarco? Uh, part of it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you should have because he, he's he's one of the beach announcers, and we talk about this because you know because on the beach you say like, there's a lot. They're constantly with the action. They're like they're not they're not cutting away to like well let's meet yeah. up with uh, Rosie on the beach. They're they're constantly speaking about the action, what's going on, and constant play by play. Whereas you know on the WSL commentators, they're 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 doing a lot of advertising and they're having chats with right. people and stuff, and you actually miss some of the action when you're watching it. So. Yeah, they're like, oh, during the commercial, you missed a 10. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, I'll say this. I mean, the w, like in terms of like internet broadcasting the sports, the WSL, at least in my opinion, or ASP or whatever it was when it started, I mean, that was kind of a leader in that aspect in terms of, you know, tuning in on the internet and being able to watch a, a sporting event like that. I mean, they were kind of one of the first folks to really, really do it, um, which I think is pretty cool. Um, compared to relying on cable TV or something like that, so that's kind of kind of neat. I mean, my my biggest worry is like, what about the guys that are at the top? I mean, how financially? Well, they um, all get pay cuts too. Did you see that recently? I, I heard about that. Yeah, so all across the board. So that that to me is a big concern too. I mean, even all of them, they like you know, Philippe Toledo, like Colombian Nino, they they all got pay cuts, like pretty much fifty percent too. Wow. So from the, not from the sponsors, but from the uh, prize money or both? From the sponsors, sponsors. Like Hurley cut like oh, I think man, Hurley was them real quick. Yeah, right. I think Hurley was paying <laughs> I think whoever I can't remember who's it, it was Chloe, whoever's sponsored by Hurley, it was Chloe and Dino. There's you know, he was getting six hundred thousand, now he's getting three. And like uh same Philippe Toledo, he's not getting the six hundred anymore, he's getting right. three hundred. Well, I'm glad I don't have to, like, try to earn a living surfing because I don't think I could do that. Well, I mean, those guys are fine. They're still making big money. But you think about the guys who are just, like, at the, like you said, the bottom there who are just kind of starting to, like, get some momentum going. Like Jack Freestone, for instance, who just got on the tour. You know, he's not probably getting big money. So it's, like, all of a sudden it's, like, you got to – hopefully your sponsors will still want to have the money to sponsor you when the tour comes back to pay you to go to these places. Right. Or, or you know, be creative like you know, like like Ben Gravy. That guy's like super figured it out how to make money off of surfing and not even be a pro. But he is a pro now. He's professionally getting paid to surf. So uh, he's semi-pro, right? <laughs> but that he's a semi-pro. That's yeah, thing. yeah. But <laughs> he's yeah, he's not. He's not a you know, a, you know, uh, a tour a pro tour surfer. But he's figured out a way to make money. So I think you know, these guys who are really good. You know, I think easily could put together some, you know, video clips or some. Job, I mean, he's got it down. He's really. Oh, wow. But he's kind of like jackass me surfing, which is awesome. Yeah, he makes it it entertaining. Instead of just being like, "Hey, look at me, I'm cool looking, I'm gonna surf," and he's like, "No, he's wearing fucking speedos and." And he freaking dominates. Yeah. So, so do, you, uh, do you feel like the um, the ceiling for this podcast is limited by just doing audio? Like, because a lot of people these days, I think, need all their senses stimulated. Well, you know what? I'm recording both right now. What? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I could start putting everything on YouTube. I just haven't done that yet. I have everything cataloged. Um, because especially I, I might... if you can start, like, 
putting up clips. Maybe they have those copyright protected, but if you did like reanalysis of yeah. waves after the contest and stuff like that. Yeah, I've been working on that. I've got my website uh, coming up a little more. I've been trying to put links to all this stuff on there and trying to, you know, just yeah. take what I can get. But hey, but know. by the way, uh, we're going to have a song that we're going to give you. Mike okay. used to be in a band. And we're hoping that you might be able to open up podcast with. Uh, I will look, I'll do it. Send me the list. Send it to me. I'll do it. Yeah. Mike, did you have long hair? And uh, was it long hair or did you have a mohawk? What kind of music was it? Uh, was it definitely a shirt mohawk, weird privacy. Uh, yeah. Guys, when you're in Corpus, we sing about uh, stuff that happens in Corpus while all fears. Oh, man. How weird did it get? How weird did it get in Corpus? Yeah, I can't wait till it gets back to normal because I think there's that like beach music scene going on here too. Where oh, you can I'm just sure. Go to the local yeah. I mean, all that. Uh, it's become. It's getting. You know. You realize how much we're missing out on. Absolutely. I mean, for me, with a new baby, it's been fine. Like staying home, I'm like, all right, this is fine. You know, you know, we wouldn't be doing much anyways. But, you know if everybody else who doesn't, you know, have a new baby or, or still wants to go out to dinner and bars and drinks, I mean, I definitely miss some of that aspects. Yeah. Or even, hey, Jill, let me ask you this, in terms of podcast, do you like that Ain't That Swell, the Australian podcast, do you listen to that ever? No, the only one I've been, um, I listen, uh, what's the one with Chad Smith, uh, Dirty Water. Yeah, I heard that was pretty cool. Ain't That, that Swell. pretty good. It's pretty good. I mean, there's a lot of Australian lingo, so y'all live there. I don't get half of what they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> hilarious. I think it's like Ronnie Blakey's brother. I don't know. I'll have to check that one out. Yeah, because I've been trying to find some good ones. I don't really care for the uh, David Lee Scales one, whatever, Surf Splendor. It's kind of... Hmm. Well, one is like the, the, the most popular surf uh, podcast at the moment in terms of number of followers, because uh, my... my my friend Eric that I worked at the Naval Research Laboratory doing like wave model, he's the one that taught me a lot of the software that predicts, like for, that we use for surf forecasting. Okay. And he was saying that there was potential funding cuts coming to the, to the National Buoy Center and like getting the, the, um, the CEO, or I don't know who it was, the, the manager or the top dude over there on some kind of uh, platform uh, to basically help demonstrate how valuable and how, how important that type of stuff is for the surfing community it might be beneficial for it, uh, keeping it alive. Or, yeah, you know. I mean, really, it, it's, it's all about if you can get the, you know, the numbers out there, you know, you can start getting the sponsorships and it comes in. But yeah, it's really just about really... Are we talking like 10,000 followers or like... I think you're going to need a little bit more than that to really get some money coming in. You know? No, no, not this. Just the public awareness. I'm wondering, like, um, I don't know, man. I look at, yeah, like a lot of those guys who have the bigger ones. They, yeah, they got about ten to fourteen thousand followers. I'd say some of the okay, biggest. So you have different podcasts. platforms, and you got to look at like the cumulative sum and across. Yeah. What's, what do you think you get the most on on the um, Spotify or? Uh, yeah, that 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 one in Apple iTunes. The the seem to be the biggest. Yeah, Spotify's blown up. I guess they got Joe Rogan on exclusively and some kind of, I don't know, I was watching uh, some news headlines about it. No, I mean, I, I like using, I mean, I, I pay for Spotify every month. It's great just to basically have access to everything. I mean, it's just like, you can't beat it. And you can, you yeah, know. dude, surfing and music are intertwined. I feel like, um, yeah, getting the, I guess with any type of sports, people have their like theme song or their like hype song to get them ready. Because <laughs> living in Florida, we had like an hour and a half of getting ready in the car, <laughs> driving yeah. to the beach. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I remember growing up in uh, you know in high school, like driving to St. Augustine all the time. And you know, back then, half the guys I drove with didn't have CD players; it was just the radio <laughs> or the set. So we have listened to the radio, and I'm never, you know, hearing like, you know, Third Eye Blind on the way over there, just like pop music. And then if we, you know, like Adam, he had a stereo system, so we're listening to Pennywise all the way over there. And still, yeah, still, and still, there, still like, pulls the way back because we were so high. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, like the way there, y'all pumped up in Pennywise, and the way home, you listen like Still Pulse and Bob Marley because you're just like, <laughs> take a few bongets before you drove back. <laughs> 
What a weird drive, too. You think I remember? I was thinking about there. What a weird drive going through Palaka and some of those backwoods towns. Yeah. I made that drive many a time when I went to UL. Yeah. yeah, they've made it quicker, I guess. Now I haven't done it in years, but you know they've made yeah. the road wider, right? And you can get there like in an hour. Well, it depends if you go through Hawthorne or go through Orange Heights. I actually always used to go through Hawthorne, and then I started going through like Orange Heights and Melrose after a while. Yeah. Um, but for a while, I remember. Uh, we had a pretty good run. It was one spring break, and a couple of us were all staying at a place in Flagler Beach uh, for like a week or so. I don't even know if you remember, like Adam. I, I know and that Andy house. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was like, dude, my dad worked with, and he let us stay in his beach house. So we were remember that place, yeah. staying there for like a whole week, and uh, got. I think we got some pretty good waves. Um, Did yeah, I meet you guys there? I might have met you guys there once. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you weren't there the whole time. I showed up like one time towards the end of uh, spring break, and it was, I remember it being pr pretty good size. Yeah, I think you were there. Huh. Um, but I remember eating a bunch of mushrooms the night before and just losing my mind. Jeez. Yeah, luckily you had kids, man. It sounds like you got your shit together a little bit more. <laughs> this is like, this is 20 years ago. This is 22 years ago. <laughs> come on. You, oh, you, like, come on. Like, you didn't know what went on uh, <laughs> in that area. Everybody partying pretty hard in high school then. Well, that's the thing, dude. It's nice these days. Like you mentioned Ben Gravy. Like I checked out a couple of his things, but he's got a cool message. You know, it's like you don't have to like just watch Lost videos and try to be like, um, you know, like jackass guys and surf. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of times people get a bad rep saying that, oh, you're a surfer, you're just a stunner, dumbass. Uh, um, well, that was it growing up. That's, that was our like, that's what we saw. This lost right. movie. It was just like, all right, you party and rage and you surf and, and that was the era. Yeah. I, I kinda honestly miss that. Yeah. I mean I'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean I, I don't I mean I so I like Big Gravity, great cause of Bob, good surfer. I used to watch his videos way back and go to the Great Lakes before he blew up, but you know, it was totally new to him all the time, does get on nerves on occasion and uh things like that. But cool dude, great message, but I kinda love the old punk rock surf days. I mean, that's where I discovered music, too. That's how I found out about a lot of those bands. Was watching yeah, so maybe nostalgia, right? That was our era. But yeah. uh, it was kind of a cool time. You know, when you were a surfer, it was still counterculture. Yeah, surf expo. We were, like, living in the videos, dude. It was cool. <laughs> cool. I, I was going to say, like, along that same line, you also notice that, like, it's the same with the fishermen, not all of them. A lot of them have good respect for the environment and the ocean and want to try to be conscientious about. For sure. For sure. You know, not littering and uh, trying to have positive change. It's not going to make the, because like we got to surf in that. And then if you're just like dumping raw sewage or whatever else into the ocean, that's not cool. Yeah. Like in uh, Long Beach, you got to sort of, or actually I remember visiting you in San Francisco and we pull up to the parking lot and they were like, uh, the water's been tested and it's not safe to surf and we're just like, oh, whatever, we're going. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing, that's the problem with Long Beach is the LA River flows into Long Beach. But when the uh, breakwater wasn't there, the water could come in and kind of clean it out. Now there's nowhere for that to go. So the pollution gets really bad because you just have this dirty river coming all through LA, just dumping out into, into Long Beach. So the beach there is pretty gross. Yeah, and I think there's some kind of paint or something that used to put on the ship holes. So there's like all the heavy metal pollution that's like down in the sediments too. So yeah, there's oh, some issues that are out. So I, I personally, I think, you know, instead of, I mean, yes, bringing the surf back would be great, but also environmentally, I think it would help just to really regenerate all that water and right. keep it clean and flow again, you know, really, instead of creating a cesspool. Yeah. So. Well, hey guys, I have to go. It's um. Dude, we never even talked about surf science. <laughs> Dude, so we can do it again. This is fun. Yeah, enjoy it. Good, good seeing you, Joe. Yeah, you too. I um. Yeah, I'll send you those tunes. Please, I'll, I'll I'll send it to me. I'll wait till I get it before I edit it together and put it up. Okay. Right on. So I'll yeah. definitely use the music. Cool. Nice, dude. It was nice yeah. catching up. All right. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, yeah. it won't be this long again. Later, guys. Later. Bye. All right. Thanks for listening again, and uh, catch you next time. And remember, this episode was brought to you by Minnow Surfboards. That's minnowsurfboards.com. Or find on my Instagram, Minnow Surfboards.